I'm Jack Moylan, and you're listening to Let's Talk Business, a podcast geared towards young professionals served with a side of witty commentary. At Lutz, we rally around the mantra, make light, meaning be lighthearted, illuminate solutions, and create energy. We hope this episode will do just that. Let's make the complex simple. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Business. Today, we're talking about how to give and receive constructive feedback. Here with me is Insights Analyst Todd Pernicek. Is that how you say it, Todd? That's correct. Todd Pernicek with Quantum Workplace. So, Todd, can you please tell me a little bit about yourself and your role at Quantum? Sure. Thanks, Jack. I'm looking forward to chatting with you today about feedback, but I'm an insights analyst at Quantum Workplace. So what that means is I partner with organizations all over the United States and actually have some global customers as well who use quantum services for employee surveys and and employee listening. So if you get Todd Pernicek as an insights analyst, what that means is I work with HR leaders and executive leaders around designing their listening and engagement and performance program, and then also on the back end, help them analyze their feedback and and what their employees are telling them and how to take strategic actions moving forward to make their workplaces a better place to work every day, but also to align employee success with business success. So that's the nuts and bolts elevator talk about what I do. That'll probably suffice for this conversation, but I also work with Lutz in this capacity as well to help the team with their feedback process as well. So again, looking forward to the conversation. Awesome. No, thanks for joining us. I think it's a pretty exciting conversation personally, because I'm a firm believer in, and I was going to mention later, but there's a book called Radical Candor. And, you know, I think that the more transparent and honest the conversation and the more consistent and continuous the feedback, the better, you know, feedback for me personally, I think feedback is always looked at as being something that's a negative, where, as I think if you do it consistently and proactively and constructively, it can become something that is just that constructive and proactive and something that people don't have such a a wall built between them and when they have to give feedback. So you mentioned being an insights analyst for LUT. So you actually work with our team over here and, and help comb through our feedback and tell them what, what we're telling them. Yeah. So primarily it's kind of helping on the front end with design, right? How how to set up our software to utilize it appropriately, but also, you know, what are some templates for helping create a baseline for employees and and leaders to have productive conversations and to have feedback in a way that's helpful and doesn't hurt um, the individuals in the process. I do. I work with Marissa on that and then help kind of design on the back end or look at them the back end. What are employees saying and right. what, how do we, how can we align those conversations with overall success at LUTs and what's going well on teams and how is that impacting the business? So how long have you been working with Marissa, working with the LUTs team? How long have you been an analyst for us? I and mean, I know that Quantum is a relatively new product that we're using for feedback. I mean, has, have you been with us since the beginning? I have not. So I transitioned to the Let's team about a year and a half ago when I joined Quantum Workplace. So Quantum Workplace started as an engagement survey platform about 18 years ago. Our performance suite of tools, including feedback, is is newer, probably within the last five years. But prior to going coming to Quantum Workplace, I worked in-house as an HR leader for organizations. And then prior to that, my formal training is in education. So I was a high school English teacher for eight years. That's my formal training. My master's degree is in language 
language literacy and culture. And I did my master's thesis in, in engagement and motivation and situated in that space is inherently feedback, right? When you're a teacher, you're constantly listening and attuned to what's happening in your classroom, to how your, your students are performing. And you're constantly giving formal and informal feedback throughout that entire process, right? This kind of a part of teaching that most people don't think about is observation and feedback. But similarly, that works in the workplace as well. It's the same exact process and it's rooted in the same psychology about what drives human behavior. Absolutely. That's fantastic. So you've got extensive background in things that are absolutely related or, you know, feedback, you know, driven. So in your experience, I'm sure as a teacher, the physical cues and things that people give you when they're going through a feedback process and, and not even a formalized feedback process, but when you put something up on, on a whiteboard or, or show a slide and people give you an immediate reaction to it, that's a, that's feedback right there. I, I need facial, you know, you know, facial expressions and that's how I communicate. I'm moving my hands right now as we talk. I mean, I'm a very physical communicator, obviously. So I imagine most of the feedback you help Marissa and the Lutz team and, and other clients as well comb through is mainly written. So what's I mean, in your mind, is it more difficult? Is there how can you help us gain insight to the written feedback without having that physical interaction? Yeah. So I think that's a great question. And I think there's lots of nuance in that, but the written feedback is kind of the form or the vehicle for what should be conversation, right? So often we think of feedback as something that's one and done, right? So, Hey Jack, I have some feedback to give you. Here it is. And then I'm going to turn around and walk away. And it's, I gave Jack feedback, but that's not what it is. So to your point, what you kind of said earlier on, I think is feedback should be ongoing. It should be part of a process and it needs to be iterative. It's something that kind of lives on and it's part of a broader movement and momentum in, in helping the individual get to where he or she wants to be. So yes, we designed those templates, that written form of feedback, but that's not the feedback process. That's the generation of it. And what that does is that should tee up what those conversations were. And what's really powerful about that that written piece is it's cooperation, right? It's in concert. It's not just the leader giving the individual employee the feedback or the employee giving feedback up. It should be, everyone should have a say in the design and the process and what that looks like. If the employee is just a passive vehicle receiving information, that's not good feedback. They have to have some buy-in and there needs to be some give and take and opportunity to really have a conversation around it. Right. Yeah. I think to your point, that's absolutely something that's been positive from my perspective that I've experienced using quantum. I mean, it certainly drives that communication from both ends that, you know, I give my piece related to either a, my personal goals, my, you know, where I think I'm at, where I think I want to be. And then, and then I can, you know, hear my feedback as, as, you know, from my superior's perspective, but then also you mentioned upward feedback. We just went through our upward feedback process. I love that process. (laughs) Anytime I get a chance to tell my boss, Hey man, this is something that you do that just drives me crazy. I think, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Have you found yourself in situations where you can't give that upward feedback. I'm not saying at quantum, but other places, because I certainly have. And that, I think that inability to give upward feedback and feel like it's been received is paralyzing. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think that's a really great point. And I think there is some uncertainty around people questioning what are the motives and the intent around feedback, just generally. And I think that's a lot of that is rooted in 
our prior experiences with feedback, right? That it is viewed as something negative, that it's something that is done to you and it's usually critical. Or when we think about the connotation of it, it's something bad. You've done something wrong, you need to fix it. And that's a, a piece of it, right? But with regards to upward feedback, people tend to wonder what's going to be done with this. Is it going to be held against me? So there really needs to be a healthy mindset from the person giving the feedback, but also who's receiving the feedback and the organization as a whole. You know, are there healthy behaviors around this conversation, what's being done with information? So you may have heard of, or others may have heard of Laszlo Bach's book, Work Rules. And it's all about upward feedback, right? When he was a leader at Google. And they they intentionally and specifically designed questions around upward feedback to leaders in the organization or, or those higher than you. And, you know, the whole purpose of that level of feedback is it's about those leadership behaviors. What is my leader doing or not doing that creates a positive or even a negative work environment for me? And it's really important for leaders to have that information because a lot of times they don't know. They don't know how their behaviors are impacting those around them. So kind of to your point, it's important that anyone can give feedback, but also that people are have, have healthy mindsets and, and willing to receive that feedback in any time it happens. Well, and, and one thing that I've personally tried to implement when I'm giving upward feedback is think about it from the perspective of yourself. When I receive feedback, it's also nice to hear positive things. So if you're going to sit down and take the time to criticize someone that is your superior, you also have to keep in mind, what are the positive things that they do for you every single day and help reinforce that? I mean, I think that pairing the upward criticism with some positive, you know, feedback, it goes both ways. Just because someone is in their forties and been in the workplace for, for a lot longer than you doesn't mean they don't need positive feedback. Right. Yeah. You mentioned Laszlo Bach. That's, that's interesting. I have a friend that I went to high school with. It's actually working for him out in California for Humu. Okay. Yeah. Do, you, do you know much about Humu? Because I remember when they were coming out or when I, you know, there were blips that would come out in the news about Humu and basically it's th- their attempt at combing through feedback and making the workplace a, a better, more enjoyable environment. Correct. That's right. Yep. Yeah. That's kind of his new project now. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I have not read his book. Have, have you? Is it is it a good read? It's a it's a great read, and you know they they share a lot of insights from what they did inside of Google in order to create high performing teams, and a lot of it is about those critical open conversations that people are having around around feedback. And, and one of the things they do share is that that notion of having important critical upward feedback to two leaders so that they can make effective changes as necessary. And one of the things I want to add on to what you said there is around a lot of it is is how it's not what you say, it's it's how you say it and it's what right. you share. And you know, I think of feedback maybe less about criticism, but the the root of the word is feed, right? right. If I'm giving you feedback, I'm feeding you something. Right. I'm nourishing you. I'm providing you with something. And that comes has to come from good intentions, but it has to come from a, a place where it's going to give you some motivation to to move forward. It's something that you can do with it. And in addition to that, feedback is vital for growth and development and people crave it. And so as long as it's a healthy practice, 
and people have strong mindsets about it, that nourishment is something we need in order to keep us moving forward. Otherwise, we stagnate. We stay the same. We don't know what we're doing that needs to be changed. But conversely, we don't know what we should continue to focus on. What is it that we're doing that is really great and unique to you as an individual, Jack or Todd, that you should keep doing? Recognition is a really powerful form of feedback, right? I'm noticing and recognizing the good. And then I take a moment in the opportunity when it matters to say, this is going great. Keep doing more of that. I really appreciate that. That goes sometimes a lot farther than stop doing that. You need both, right? Right. We don't want a compliment sandwich because that feels gross. No one, no, everyone sees the compliment sandwich coming. It's inauthentic. (laughs) It it feels gross, right? And it's not helpful, but we need to be able to think high level about both of those pieces that positive and negative feedback is really important. Sure. If you can share this or if there, if there truly is like a, a, a basic motivator or guiding motto or mantra for quantum, is it, does it come from places like some of the, the Google experience and these books by people like Laszlo Bach? Is there a, you know, what kind of created this, this, this new, you know, the new product offering in the last few years by quantum? Is that driven by anything specific? It is situated in what we know about motivation and engagement. What we know about employee psychology. We know that humans need feedback to, to move forward, right? And so from that perspective in, in, the, in the workplace, that's why we focus on that tool feedback, right? And there's lots of different ways you can do that. You can do 360 feedback, upward feedback, peer feedback, but we know that's critical and key to high-performing and interconnected teams, right? right? And part of that has to do with the relationship too, When you come to work, you don't do work in a vacuum. You're in a relationship with your organization. So when you come to work to Lutz every day, you buy into the vision of Lutz and the the work to be done there. That's a relationship. You have a relational aspect to your team. You have a relational aspect to your manager. And then you also have a relational aspect to the work that's to be done. And so situated in that relationship is feedback, right? right? Am I performing? Am I meeting my goals? What help do I need? Who do I need to connect with in order to get some feedback on what's going well and what's not? And so that's kind of the genesis of where it comes from. Yes, there's lots of books out there. You've mentioned them like Radical Candor. That's one of them. And I think some of those books you need to be careful of because you can pick up some books where people say feedback is bad, right? The feedback is detrimental. I would caution against some of those voices who are out there who are maybe probably saying that to make a buck. But you're right. There's a lot of people out there in this space talking about what does good feedback look like? Right. Well, and to that point, I mean, to, to books out there that may say that feedback is bad, I think that you could probably boil down what they're trying to get at, which is a formalized, lackluster approach at giving someone a flimsy comment about something they did or did not do or was done well or done poorly. Of course, that approach is not great. But I think that, you know, especially in an environment or a business like Lutz, where, you know, we're, we're full of great people that are constantly working hard doing their jobs and being very successful at what they do, there's not always that moment where you stop and give feedback because you're so busy in the weeds of what your your day-to-day job is. So just having a formalized reminder, hey guys, remember this is an important part of what we do and it's really driving communication within the organization. I think you're absolutely, I mean, that's, of course, that's a good thing. It's, it's then about how you design that feedback. So to that point then, could you walk me through, you know, if, if someone were to come to you with a, with a business and said, hey, I need some help with our feedback process, 
Can you walk me through what that design process looks like, similar to what you did for Lutz? And then maybe, so how that, how you design that process for them, if it is specific to each organization, you know, maybe the time interval of feedback, when it should be done. And then let's talk about the insights. So that's kind of three main things, you know, that are, that are kind of large. I'm sure there's, like you said, some nuances there, but can we start with the design piece and how do you go into that? Yeah, I think at a very high level from from a de- design perspective, organizations and people kind of view feedback in two different ways. And I think there's a, a huge branch and network below those those two different ways. But let's just keep this really high level for the sake of yep. this conversation. And then if we want to go deeper, we can. Sure. I think the first one is what we call multi-rater feedback or 360 feedback. So what we were talking about earlier, we're going to give feedback up to my manager or a higher level people in the organization above me. So how do you design that process? That's something that I would work with, with Lutz on. What questions do we want to ask in that process? And be very intentional about, to your point, how does that connect to the business and the work to be done, right? right. Because upward feedback or multi-rater feedback, sometimes it's called 360 feedback, right? I get feedback from my peers. I get feedback from people who report to me, if anyone reports to me, from external partners, but then also people above me, right? And so right. It's, it's coming in from all organizations. And then I, I process and digest that feedback and make sense of it to help me move forward. So that design has to be, to your point, it needs to be timely. It needs to be happen in the moment. Because if I'm coming out of a project and we don't take a few minutes to to talk about what went well, what we should do differently moving forward, then we're going to keep doing the same things and it, it probably is not going to be better next time. So the design itself is, without getting too much in the weeds, is really situated in the work that be, that needs to be done and, and it has to be it has to be really intentional. And so that that's what goes into that. The second kind of piece of feedback we talk about is informal feedback. So kind of what we were talking about earlier, it's the noticing, it's the hand gestures, right? It's in the moment, it's quick, it's simple, and then we move on. So when we talk about informal feedback, we're talking about conversations between managers and employees, peer-to-peer feedback that's just quick. Hey, I want some feedback on how this podcast went. Give me two quick hitters after it. So it's that informal piece. And Quantum Workplace really coaches customers to do both, right? That employees need both. You need that formal kind of process, that multi-rater feedback, but then you need that informal feedback as well. And then, you know, recognition is kind of couched under that too. You need a strong ability to recognize people in that too. Well, to to your, I mean, to the informal feedback part, I, you know, I can think of specific examples where, you know, I've been on a phone call with my boss talking to a client about something they need accomplished. And, you know, I rattle off a few things and it very, very clearly and quickly and concisely answered their question and they were fired up. And my boss, you know, gave me like a nice work, you know, kind of that. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. It's those that right there feels better to me than than someone saying, "Hey, you're doing really good at your job. You've made it this far, this far, this far on your goals for this annual year." I mean, those are great too. But just kind of that gave me a nice heads up. But then also, I've been in phone calls where you know maybe I mentioned something that was a little bit too specific or or didn't ask for permission from another client for a reference and threw out a name or something like, "Hey." you know, after the call, Hey, make sure next time, you know, we, we get this in place before throwing that information out there. Cause we didn't know if, you know, what we were saying was actually accurate or not. I mean, even that right there, I think, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when a dog goes to the bathroom inside, you got to grab, catch them right when they do it. I mean, maybe I'm saying I'm no, I'm no different from a dog, but it works for me to make sure right in that moment, I can catch myself and say, you're right. That is something I need to stop and think about a little bit further. <laughs> 
I love that analogy, right? And I think it is very true. Whether Jack, you're like a dog or not, right? It's <laughs> that informal feedback. It means a lot more, right? Yep. Because it's situated in a context that matters to you, right? And also, there's that relationship of that person who's given you that feedback, right? Whether it's a peer, a manager. And so you're, you're kind of talking about exactly what, what we've been discussing here. I think a lot about of it is now that I've become a parent, we have, we have two dogs at home. And so, yes, we, we've trained our puppies or maybe we haven't trained them. They've trained us. They, our dogs give us feedback, but my kids give me feedback all the time too, right? Sure. I'm constantly giving my kids feedback when I parent and maybe sometimes too much. Right? right. Sometimes there's too much noise. We're getting too much feedback or I'm right. giving my kids too much feedback. And I find myself doing that and I say, well, dad, check yourself here. Just hang back and listen. Right. right. Or I'll get more out of my six-year-old daughter by being very intentional on watching what, what I expect and what I want from her. Sure. And then praising praising those good behaviors as opposed to giving a lot of feedback on the negative. So to your right. point, it's all about that relationship, that inner inner moment that's happening there and yep. that you're having continual conversations about when someone says, hey, don't do that or we probably shouldn't have lingered on that point so much. Give me some examples of what I could do better next time, right? And so you enter into kind of that, that relationship and that ongoing conversation. One thing I wanted to say about informal feedback too is it's oftentimes we think about feedback being hard, Right. I need to give someone this feedback because I noticed something right. and I don't know how they're going to react. Right. I'm, I'm worried. And maybe if I don't have a supportive culture at work, right. Or if I'm a new professional or I've maybe come out of some work experiences that haven't been healthy, people may have some hesitancies around that feedback. So really being intentional and talking about those things up front and saying, here's how I jack like feedback. Todd may like it a different way. What do those processes look like? And then as the relationship grows and strengthens, it becomes that journey where it kind of, it grows even beyond that. One thing I wanted to say about informal feedback, it, I think that's really critical in even situations that we think about that we're in today. So think about all the social and political unrest we have, a, a lot of the concern we have around institutional racism and, and Black Lives Matter. So I know y'all can't see me. I'm a, I'm a white man. I'm a heterosexual right. man. I'm married, right? But for so long, those things that maybe people unintentionally, unintentional bias or they're good people, right? But right. they say and do things in the workplace that no one's calling out. So whether yeah. it's around race or it's around gender, around females, that's important feedback to give in the moment too. That type of that's feedback true. is really hard. But as long as it's coming from a place of love and care and concern, saying things like, hey, I noticed you did this, right? Can I give you some feedback on that? Yep. Or even calling someone out in the moment. I'm not saying that those things are pervasive in workplaces, but sometimes they do bubble up. And, and so I think that's a form of informal feedback, as long as it comes from a, a place of care and concern that we're calling out those things in the moment. And we can give some specific examples of what it looks like. But I think in our current social political environment, we have to acknowledge that that type of informal feedback in the moment is really critical as well, whether it's in a meeting or whether it's even pulling someone aside and saying, Hey, I, I noticed something. Yep. I, I'd like to give you some feedback on that. Would you be open to hearing what I have to say? Mm -hmm. And then saying, you may not have noticed that you said this or that you did this, but maybe, maybe we could change that in the future. Or here's why this might not be something you want to continue doing, right? So anyway, I, I wanted well, to make sure I point that out too. 
No, I think that's, I think that's fantastic. I mean, I, you know, I have a very, very, gosh, I don't know how to say it without just, you know, my, my sense of humor is quite, uh, you know, <laughs> not very sensitive, I guess. You know, I think, I think that, you know, I, I just said, I like the book Radical Candor. I like radical comedy as well. I mean, if it's that's just right. the most ridiculous stuff in the world, I, I personally look at it as us calling attention to some of the most ridiculous parts of our society, but those jokes aren't always aren't always the most comfortable thing to discuss, especially in the workplace. So I think one thing that's important to keep in mind is that, you know, someone making a joke or a comment that may be offensive, I don't think it's the making of the joke or comment that is the bad thing. I think what's bad is if you can give them feedback and they refuse to change it, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. we all make mistakes and we all say stupid things and it's our job when we feel uncomfortable to say, hey, that made me a little uncomfortable or, you know, I don't know, Susie doesn't, I don't know if she would really appreciate that joke. And then it's their job to take that feedback and either a, let that person know, Hey, I apologize. I really didn't mean to offend you. And then next time be more creative with your jokes. It's more difficult to create jokes that are inclusive of everyone. It's real easy to pinpoint the niche, you know, comments or things like that. And that's one thing I have to remember, like some of my some of my comments, if they ever are maybe insulting or not tasteful or distasteful, it's probably because I'm being lazy, right? Lazy jokes are, uh, that's just so, and you know, you're not talking about jokes specifically, but I, I think that's fantastic. And I think that back to your comment about it being a relationship, you need to remember where the feedback's coming from and that they're not trying to be, you know, not trying to make it personal. You know, at the end of the day, the, the goal of people when they give comments or feedbacks is to try and make you better. That's right. Regardless if it's upward or if it's peer-to-peer or if it's 360, the goal is to try and make us and the organization better, right? Yeah. And and I think you're, you're on to two things there. One is that feedback is a gift, right? So the person giving it should think about it that way, right? I'm, I'm giving that person a gift and the person receiving it should be thinking about it that way too. This is a gift. This person has taken the time and energy to, to say what they need. And then, you, and sometimes when we get feedback, it it stings a little bit, right? That's the core root of our psychology. The the fight or flight that's in us all is we're going to defend ourselves, right? We're going we're gonna to protect ourselves a little bit from that feedback. So really taking a moment to pause and be like, okay, this was important enough for the person to tell me and I may need some follow-up information there. So to your point, I might have some follow-up questions about what I can do, can do differently. I might need to understand where that feedback is coming from, but the openness is critical, right? right. And, and I think that creates those healthy practices that we've been talking about is that level of openness on both parties and in the organization as well, that there's those healthy behaviors around that. And when those things break down, that we have an ability to, to give each other the benefit of the doubt and talk about it, right? Well, and to your point about it being a gift given between two people, if I'm ever given a gift, I respond with a thank you, right? right. I think it's important to tell people, hey, thank you for giving me that feedback. I did not know that's how you felt. Please keep doing that because otherwise I'm going to keep running around saying stupid stuff, you know? So I think the next thing we had mentioned, if you're, if you're good on the design portion was, was intervals, time intervals, how I know we've talked about it being consistent, constant feedback, but for organizationally for you to implement it, what do you think is a good interval for people to use? Yeah. So when is feedback important? When should you give it? Anyone should feel free in an organization to give or receive feedback at any time. 
right? So that's best practice. So a little bit to what we talked about earlier, it needs to be in the moment when it matters most to, to the individual. So we just finished a strong project, right? Let's take a few minutes to talk about the project itself. Or other intervals are, I'm working on something specific to my own professional growth and development. So there should be built-in feedback in that process to kind of check in on how things are going. Do I need to make iterations and changes in that process? But then also at the end, right? I've accomplished, I, I achieved it. Let's get some feedback. And then some of those formal processes where we think about like performance reviews, performance conversations, those things as well. But really, to your point, the most important part of feedback that I think we've really, we've really drilled home a lot already is it needs to be in the moment and anyone should be able, should feel free to give it and receive it at any time. Yeah. I think the more consistent and constant feedback can be is, is the most valuable. I mean, obviously we've talked about the best times to do it, which is right in the moment. I mean, like you said, after projects. So, you know, I, it's, I, I sometimes give too much feedback. I'm sure we all, we all do that. I'm always talking about it's the way someone did something. And like my mom would be the first one to tell you, Hey Jack, I didn't ask for your opinion. I was simply talking about something. Right. <laughs> you know? So what about, let's talk about insights. I think that analyzing insights, obviously you analyze the insights and pull pull meaningful pieces of information from our feedback. What what does that process look like with you and your contact at Alut? So you and Marissa, and how is that different from organization to organization? Yeah, I think the purpose matters. So it kind of depends on on what we're using the feedback for and, and how you would maybe use that data from a global standpoint. So kind of on an individual level, let's take that upward feedback process as an example. So that happens kind of more in-house, right? Where you might be processing that feedback with a leader, right? That happens. So it's more than just writing it down and then it's over. Most people need to have others that have access or visibility to that feedback to help them process it. So let's talk about what are some key themes. Let's talk about what people are saying. Let's talk about some of that feedback that you received. And then not only have a conversation, but let's let's create kind of an, an intentional plan on what you're going to do with that feedback. It's really hard for most people to do that on their own, right? So whether that's a, a leader, a coach, sometimes it's a peer, right? Sometimes it's your coworker who is the best person to help you with that process, someone that you really trust. So that happens. From a kind of like a holistic perspective, we kind of look at global data like how much feedback did someone receive? So sometimes if someone receives no feedback, that in and of itself is a data point and an insight, right? Yep. Did that person not receive any feedback because they're just amazing? Or is it because people are afraid to give that person feedback and there's a problem, right? Or this person has received feedback in the past and they're, they're someone who likes to make a lot of excuses, explain it away or not do anything with it. And so the feedback process has broken down and it's not valuable anymore and no one wants to enter into a relationship with that person anymore, right? So we, we kind of look at it globally, right? How many, how many people participated in the process? And then we haven't done this with LUTs yet, but one of the things Quantum Workplace is really trying to help people do is let's look at this always on listening strategy and feedback as part of that. How is that situated in high performing teams and what's going well? So even though we're not yet doing this with LUTs, let's use an example, say this particular practice area, right? That's in LUTs or, or whatever. They have high KPIs, right? They're, they're 
their billing is on point, they're meeting their goals, and a look at their feedback process. It's amazing. What connections can we make about what's going well there to help other teams kind of deliver on that business success? So it's connecting those business processes with those people processes and feedback as a piece of that. So at a very high level, that's kind of what we would do. The other thing would be like key items. So if there are key strategic initiatives that are happening in the organization, like, so let's say we're We've rolled a leadership development program out and all leaders are working on a specific behavior that they're changing. We might put in a key item into that feedback, that upward feedback process. So again, let's use let's for an example. I don't know that that's happening, but let's say it was. We would put in a key item that kind of pulses on that behavior that that leader is or isn't exhibiting. And then what are people saying? And so we would look at that as a high level and say, let's look at that one item data point and and see if we have any information on it. So does that kind of answer your question? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think one of the interesting parts there is looking at, you know, kind of interdisciplinary groups. And and let's say we've got a group of CPAs that are working on a project and another group of CPAs working on another project, similar, essentially apples to apples. You know, they're, they're all essentially the same level of experience, CPAs. They have the same level of experience in this discipline. Now, this team performed better on the bottom line than this team. There's a huge piece to that, the qualitative piece that, you know, I'm sure goes unnoticed. So that's an interesting perspective to say, hey, we can look at how these teams are performing and why they're performing differently simply by analyzing the feedback. So I think that's, I mean, right there, you talk about things that are valuable to business owners or, or individuals in business. You know, obviously the bottom line is very important. We can't be here and hire more people if we're not being successful financially. There's a huge piece that I've always been a proponent of is the qualitative side of it, right? You can't quantify everything, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's really interesting and, and that's that's pretty neat. Yeah, one thing I would add to that too is that often in business and in, in that quantifying process, we we forget that what's good for people is also good for business, uh-huh. right? So when people feel motivated, engaged, connected, they feel good, right? We're talking about feelings here, right? But right. when people feel good about a process, a workplace, a team, when I feel good walking into LUTs every day, I feel good about what I'm doing. That aligns with business success and that can be quantified. And sometimes those people practices that are that are really important maybe don't rise to the same level of alignment that that potentially they should. So I think that's an important piece to kind of call out there as well. And you know, from a CPA standpoint, we work with a lot of professional services firms. What do we do to engage and keep keep CPAs in organizations, particularly in times that are that are tough, right? right? So when everyone's killing it and working long hours, are they getting the feedback they need or are the feedback processes broken and just one more thing that is just overburdening people? So, and then even like young professionals too, right? As people are up and coming in their, in their career, as they I don't know if, I don't think you call your, you have partners at LUTs. I can't remember what, yeah. what, yeah. yeah. So as I'm on track to achieve my professional development or, and then also my career, what do I hope to achieve right. in that process? How are we building in things to keep people aligned with those goals so they don't break down and burn out? Right. Sure. So that's yeah, a no, piece too. Absolutely. No, that's fantastic. Well, Todd, I, I really appreciate you, you know, talking with us today. I could talk about feedback and the psychology and communication all day, but obviously we've got other things to do. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave us with a tidbit about quantum, maybe, you know, something exciting that's going on, anything new. And then maybe we, you know, we mentioned a couple of books, one by Laszlo Bach, the other one, Radical Candor by Kim Scott. Do you have any books that you would suggest? 
Yeah, I think those are those are two important ones that I would focus on with regards to books. The other additional tips and comments that that I would give anyone who's thinking about feedback is understand that it's part of a journey and be patient and give it time. Most of us have at least one, sometimes a lot of negative experiences around unhealthy feedback. And that's really isolating and it, it prevents accountability and growth and feedback should drive growth and development. So understand that if you're not good at giving or receiving feedback yet, that's okay. Take some ownership in that journey and, and seek out people who can help you with that. So whether it's looking at a book, reading things online, Harvard Business Review, there's a lot of good resources out there. So that's the one thing I would say. And, and learn from others and seek to question and really understand. So be really inquisitive in the feedback process, both giving and receiving. The great thing about LUTs and partnering with LUTs I know is you have some really great internal processes already built in. So for any employee who already works at LUTs, take advantage of that opportunity. There's lots of organizations that even employ Quantum's resources that aren't doing the things that Lutz is doing. So that's really terrific as well. So yeah, I think a good place to start if you're thinking about books are those two that we've already mentioned. And then what what Quantum Workplace is doing, you know, you can check out our website, but we're all about that ongoing performance feedback and just helping employees be engaged and trying to make workplaces better every day, right? So kind of what I've already talked about that when people feel good coming into work every day, that's the goal. And that does align with business success and, and we know it and we're helping organizations do that. Right. Yeah, no, that's certainly a mantra around here. Treat your employees well and your employees will treat your clients well, you know, right. and at the end of the day, that's, that's the goal. So, well, thank you so much for talking with us. I feel great knowing that you're working with Marissa on the back end and, and helping comb through our insights. So I know that those are going to a great place and, and we're getting some great insights out of them. So thanks again, Todd. Yeah. Thanks, Jack. I appreciate the conversation today. You bet. Have a good one. All right. You too. Thanks. You've reached the end of another episode of Let's Talk Business. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your podcast app, Spotify, or iTunes. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to make light.